again. Welcome back to the best of Jeff and Stuff. I know your time is important, so let's get started. Good morning, everybody. Today's episode is called Southern Comfort Isn't Just a Drink, It's Good Neighbors. Trying to find the best way to tell the story, it seems that the people around these parts have restored my faith in humanity. I guess it will be easiest to just start in the middle and talk my way out of this self-inflicted rabbit hole. When I moved to North Carolina at the end of 2008, it was a comfortable cultural shock. I say shock because everything was new and it was very comfortable due to the fact that each and every person that we met had an abundance of Southern hospitality. Truth be told, there was one rude idiot in a restaurant, but he was drunk and probably would regret it in the morning when his wife reminded him of his antics, so he'll get a pass. This was so very different from when I first moved to Florida in 1979. They looked at me like I was a carpetbagger. I was moving my business to New Smyrna Beach from Nags Head, North Carolina. Instead, they locked onto my Ohio upbringing. What's so funny is that the people dishing out the most guff were all transplants themselves. New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and yes, unfortunately, some former Buckeyes. The introduction to the friendly folks I now call neighbors started with a phone call to a realtor who arranged a rental for us. There was no lease. He gave us a completely furnished home, and he said that the owners would even allow our two large dogs. To top it off, the rent was only $600 a month. Our landlord lived next door, and he was always helpful, sometimes overly so. We asked him about installing cable on the roof, and he said, no problem, do what you need. He even allowed us to walk our dogs in an adjoining field with very little concern for their output. We were there about six weeks, and the December weather was quite cold. We had had a gas furnace at our house in Ohio, and we had a budget billing of $67 a month. And here, we've got this newfangled invention they call a heat pump. Well, we paid the electric bill the first month and never even gave it a thought. My wife would simply turn on the heat and we were comfy. As fate would have it, that little red light did not mean simply heat, but rather emergency heat. We spent most of the winter using the electric heating strips in the pipes, completely bypassing the heat pump itself. Warm, dumb, and happy is very expensive. The bill for that one month was $537. When the landlord got the bill and showed it to us, he could not understand why it was so high. We tried to explain, well, we only used a heater. When he realized that he had failed to mention how to work the thermostat properly, he could not apologize enough. He never said, don't leave the switch in that red position. So he decided not to charge us at all, which in essence meant he lost that last month's rent, and he still gave us our full deposit back. While we were waiting for our occupancy permit on our new home, I actually unretired again by getting a job at the local do-it-best hardware store. Funny story here, when we first got to town, we were in need of a temporary storage for our furniture as it was heading here on an Atlas moving van. We saw the sign for storage 
in the hardware store and it was like deja vu all over again because the last time I unretired was at the local Do It Best hardware store in Canal Fulton. It took us over a year to sell the house so I got some hardware experience. So being the comedian I am, I put on my Do It Best cap and I walked into the next six years of my life. The first person I met was a character named Horace, and he said he'd be happy to rent us some storage for as long as we needed. I got to talking with Horace, explaining that I got my hardware job in Ohio when we were getting a propane tank refilled and saw the sign for help wanted. I was probably hired because I was tall enough to reach the higher shelves, and the current floor manager was a girl who wasn't even five foot tall. So what does Horace begin to tell me? Well, they had just had a guy named Jeff quit. And since Horace was already very tall, height was not the deciding factor. But he said at least he wouldn't have to change the name on the locker. Short story even longer, I got the job, made some lasting friendships, and learned so much more about how to repair just about anything for myself. I would strongly suggest Young kids work part-time at an old-fashioned hardware store and they can too learn some skills that will help them for their lifetime. You get to meet people from all walks of life and you know they are not window shopping. Something broke or let loose and now they are needing your help. Simply talking them through a water heater repair or where can I find a correct fastener for some school project or better yet, just point me in the right direction and I'll holler if I need help. We also sold seeds and got to meet all the gardeners in town. The amateurs chomping at the bit, first sign of warm weather, to the wiser folk who knew to wait until April 15th, or at least the Easter, then the pros, they know to go by the ground temperature. Winter onions, lettuce, cabbage, 40 degrees is all right, but most vegetables and flowers need 55 degrees soil or better to thrive. Another group of specialty customers were the country gentlemen who would gather at the store on most weekend mornings. They'd get there early enough to garner a front of the store standing room and they would be discussing things seldom heard up north and almost never in a big city. I once had the pleasure of meeting Harry Gant of racing fame. He refused to talk about his career, but he would gladly talk with anybody about everything else. I once overheard him talking to one of his friends. They actually greeted each other by asking, You got any more 57s? You know they meant Chevys, right? Only in a small town hardware. So back to Horace, who was the quintessential southern gentleman. Polite to a fault, smart as a whip, and knew where every item was in the store, right down to how far down the aisle you had to walk. Just count this many floor tiles. Horace and his wife Helen were truck people. They were tried and true believers. She had a four-door Ford Ranger in pristine condition, and it had only carried sunshine and wind in the bed. Gotta keep it clean. Horace himself had a two-door Silver Ranger for his daily driver, and then a huge dually pickup with a fifth wheel for hauling their camper. 
he had to get the latest, I think it was a Cummings diesel with a certain transmission because the hills going from here up to Swannanoa, which was their favorite haunt, it's up towards Asheville, there's quite a bit of mountain in between here. They loved camping and they would go as many times each season as they could. Horace also liked to claim that he was a very, very efficient angler. He would take a bucket and a folding lawn chair and park himself right at the beginning of the fishing trail and chat up the returning fishermen. He would start out with something like, that's some good looking fish you got there. And closing with, you really plan to clean all those yourself tonight? He claimed it worked almost every time and he would proudly come back to the site holding up the fish he had just angled. I'm not sure if he ate fish that often, but I heard Horace on the phone every day checking in with his wife asking, what's for dinner? To which Helen would always reply, I'm not sure, but I got the taters on. Horace is sadly missed passing in November of 2012. So the following spring, when I needed to get another vehicle, Horace must have been smiling down to me that day because I went to my Toyota dealer in Hickory and they had just taken in a pickup in trade and were inspecting it at the moment. So we went to take a look at it and with all of the imagination and serendipity in the world, it turned out to be a silver Ford Ranger. And it looked just like Horace's. I had to buy it. It was a one owner and he had done all of the servicing on schedule he even had his radiator flush with every oil change. A little excessive, but man was it immaculate. I bought it immediately. And it really caused a stir when I brought it to the hardware and parked it out front. Since Horace had just recently passed, some people thought he was back. Just as a side story, Horace enjoyed his Ezra Brooks bourbon. And he frequented the local ABC store. And I swear my truck would give a little twitch every time I drove past. Oh yeah, and here's the icing on the cake. Horace's last name was Wade. And the bedliner of my truck is branded with its maker's name, which is also Wade. So naturally, I had to buy it. When we purchased this land, they told us last year they only got a half inch of snow on three separate snowstorms. Not this winter. Come January of 2009, we got seven inches overnight, and my rear-wheel drive Grand Marquis that would plow through almost anything Ohio could throw at it got stuck 100 feet from the driveway. A little embarrassing, here I am blocking our narrow rural country road, had to call another friend from the hardware store. He was out plowing driveways with his four-wheel drive Toyota, and when he called, he said, Actually, what I called, he said he would be there shortly. So here I am, standing out in the cold, watching for any traffic. Sure enough, here he comes. And he sees me standing out in the freezing, and he tells me, I should have put a toboggan on my head. That was probably the dumbest thing I've ever heard. How in God's name was a seven-foot wooden toboggan going to keep my head warm? I left mine in Ohio, even. He noticed the frown on my face. And I thought, well, I better not insult my rescuer, so I played ignorant. And then he pointed at the knit cap on his head. He said, like one of these, silly. Now I did feel stupid and cold. 
down here a toboggan is a hat. Who knew? Well, everybody except me. So I never left home without one. I always kept one in my car. So this old dog can learn new tricks. I was blessed with some mighty fine neighbors. They kind of wave or honk each time they see you. And they always ask if you need anything, and they actually mean it. When we first moved in, Adam gave us the name and number of him and all his brothers. And they said, if you need anything, do not hesitate to call. He says, even if you need the police, he says, we can get here quicker. So one day, they stopped by and saw our 90-foot pine tree that the storm had dropped down the night before. So sure enough, the next day, they show up with a chainsaw, a trailer, and their wonderful eagerness to help. They made short work of the tree, stacked up a safe burn pile for us, hauled off some of the nice logs for them to burn, this is the same neighbor who regularly brings his tractor and grading attachments down the road trying to keep up with the country version of what we call potholes up north. He even arranged for some much-needed crushed rock paving. His young son is following in his father's footsteps, truly a fine country gentleman himself, even now. He has helped us on a few occasions with some of our more difficult projects, specifically gutter cleaning and some other heavy lifting. His dad even made time in his busy schedule once to pick up a new tractor we had to buy from the Home Depot in Hickory. We donated our old John Deere L130 to his son because he said he was planning to open a lawn business. Wish him luck. I'll probably have to hire him to come down and mow our lawn. He can use the old mower, which would be irony, or he could use the new mower. One of our favorite neighbors moved and yet we will always be neighbors. We still refer to the property as Deb's house. My wife keeps in touch on Facebook and I find it interesting that her friends actually use Facebook as a communications platform. Is anybody going to the latest local event? Or what are the road conditions on Highway 16 South? Or keep an eye out for so-and-so's lost pet. I'll send a picture. You know, life stuff, real and every day. They'll give you recommendations for food that's well made or a service done right. It's not Yelp. It's not trying to show people what I had for lunch. They just mean it. They had some good stuff and they'll pass it on. No malicious gossip because it ain't polite and it's usually not true. It reflects what I'm trying to point out people around these parts had a proper fetching up. Enough said. Some people will comment that I haven't met enough people because they ain't all like that. To which I reply, the good can just ignore the bad. So that's all for this story for now. But I just want to remind everybody to look around for the good in the things that you have where you are today. Your friends, your family, Give the people that act like jerks a pass because maybe they're having a bad day. Maybe you can even do something to help them out. Well, let's all try to bring out the good in each of us. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please follow the liner notes for more information. Scroll down and leave us a comment. And finally, if you are so inclined, 
please click the blue support button to help encourage more episodes. And most importantly, please share this with your friends. See you soon.